Well, here we are at the very last lesson in our series, The Life You've Always Wanted But Need Spiritual Discipline to Obtain. I hope that this has been a good series for you. It certainly has been for me. You know, um, during this time of, uh, I call it hibernation, when we've all been quarantined away, I'm hearing an awful lot about how uh, the closing of the gymnasium, or the gyms rather, the closing of, of places for people to run and, and get outside exercise, the, the fact that we're quarantined in our houses and our refrigerators have become a central focus, that uh, there's a lot of discussion about the need for bodily uh, transformation. And, and it's very true that if you want a different looking body or functioning body, you have to be committed to a great deal of, of work. And in a similar fashion, when we talk about spiritual transformation, we have to be committed to a, a certain amount of, of work. Uh, a different word for that would be uh, to submit ourselves to training. Um, we've been talking these eight weeks about how to arrange our lives for, for the purpose of, of having spiritual transformation. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, key verse on this topic. He says, um, And we, who with all unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory, were being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're being transformed. And that which... That, that accentuates or, or uh, emphasizes or, or helps that kind of transformation along is, is a series of purposeful activities. The training uh, comes under the heading of the, the application of spiritual disciplines. Transformation is the goal and spiritual disciplines are the means to achieve that goal. Our, our, um, our, our idea is that we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind, as it says in Romans chapter 12. What helps us renew our mind? What can help us move along in this process of transformation? Well, it, it, is, uh, it is a washing, and there's an analogy about washing in the book of Ephesians. It's kind of interesting. It's stuck right in the the passage there that talks about husbands and wives and their relationships. And in the middle of that, in verse 25, he says, Husbands, you love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. The washing of water through the word or the washing of our hearts and our souls using the tool of God's Word. When we do that, we're setting ourselves up to understand and learn from the training that's found in God's Word. A passage that you ought to memorize if you don't already have it tucked away is in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's verses 16 and 17, and he describes the impact of the washing of the Word of God. He says, All Scripture is God breathed. It's all it's all come from him. And here's the list of things that it's useful for. It's use, useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. And then there's a little so what clause 
or so, so that clause rather, so that the end result, the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has designed you and I to accomplish certain things in the life that he's given us. And the tool that he uses to transform our minds and our hearts, the washing comes by the word of God. Now, normally when we talk about being focused on, on studying God's word, that pursuit, that, that challenge calls for, I, I put it in your notes this way, a solid, intentional maybe even scholarly kind of study of the Bible. And there is nothing in the world wrong with that. That, that kind of focus you know, implies that we're going to dig a little deeper. We're going to try to get some of the, 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 the meanings of words that came to us from another language. We're going to try to get the context or the cultural circumstances of a passage. We're going to maybe even visualize from a from a location standpoint, understanding something about the geography. The bottom line is a serious, in-depth, go-a-little-deeper kind of study of, of God's Word is, in, is a good thing, and its purpose is to help us get a handle on a, on a, on a particular passage or, or verse. But remember, and this is why we're going to have this Bible lesson today, the Bible is not just a textbook or an encyclopedia that's meant to be analyzed or scrutinized or even discussed. Primarily speaking, knowledge itself does not lead to transformation. The written word is the living word. We have to internalize those truths for all that information to do any good. We have to let facts what does the word mean? Where was he when he said it? What was he trying to convey to those people at that time in that culture? The purpose of all that study is to let the, the impact of that change our lives. You see, in truth, the scriptures are a love story. Or another way of looking at it, it's a love letter. And it was written specifically to God's kids Sometimes when somebody will say to me, well, I've read the Bible and it doesn't make any sense and it's all full of contradictions and old-time people and funny words. And I always make a sarcastic little remark about, well, actually, God's Word was written for God's kids and so you've been reading somebody else's mail. I shouldn't be so sarcastic. I understand that. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that book that you have in your hands tonight is not necessarily something to master, but it is a message. It is a message that's meant to be used to develop a sweeter and more meaningful relationship with the Savior. And out of that relationship then, then comes transformation. And transformation allows us to live the life we've always wanted. So I'm going to suggest one tool uh, that can help us with that. Because we call this lesson Reflecting on Scripture. The spiritual discipline is the reflecting on Scripture. And notice I didn't say studying the Bible. I, I, I want to I convey a slightly different approach. Again, nothing wrong with a very didactic kind of approach to studying God's Word. But, but an additional thought tonight for you or today is out of um, a principle that uh, first was rooted in the monastic tradition 
of maybe the third and fourth centuries. And those guys, hidden away in caves, at least we think they were, um, they, not all of them, of course, but they, they, were, they were intense, very focused on, on studying God's Word. But their particular practice of reflecting on God's Word was more a devotional kind of approach. Um, they called it spiritual reading, Lexio Divina in Latin. Um, small pause, you will remember that I took four years of, of Latin in high school so I could get out of taking home ec. But anyway, it does come in handy occasionally. Lexio Divina just simply means devotional or reading or reading relationally. It's the practice of listening to God's word, listening relationally, not cognitively. It is a very helpful tool, a very helpful spiritual discipline, a very helpful purposeful uh, purposeful activity that you and I can, can add to the various things that, that help us in our relationship grow and, and, and sweeten that relationship with the Lord. Now, Lexio Divina does require a little bit of preparation. Like most good things in life, uh, you don't just jump into it. There's a, there's a getting ready um, a phase to it. Um, the getting ready, uh, ready for Lexio uh, Divina, or reading the Bible from a devotional perspective, the, the first aspect of that preparation is to intentionally invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. If you remember in John 14, I'm going to turn there and read you a passage. Jesus, recognizing that his disciples were all wigging out because he just told them he was leaving, going back to be with his father. And in chapter 14, about verse 25, he gives them uh, some insights, a a bit of a promise uh, to to help them to understand that they were not going to be alone. He says, um, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. When we approach the study of God's Word from a more relational perspective, the very first thing we ought to do is pause and ask the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. And, and, and in the asking of it, we're conveying to God, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm focused. I'm listening. I, I'm responding. I'm not treating your, your word as a, as a textbook or an encyclopedia to be mastered. I'm looking for a message from you to me. We might want to say like Samuel said in 1 Samuel chapter 3. He said um, when he heard the Lord call his name, Samuel, Samuel, speak for your servant is listening. Lexio Divina requires a bit of preparation. And the first aspect of that is to voluntarily and very deliberately and intentionally ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. The second part of being prepared for this this way of of reading and and studying God's Word is you need to choose a a peaceful place. We talked about that uh, another time when we were talking about studying God's Word, that it it can't be in the middle of the living room with the kids running around, the television on, and your husband talking on the phone for whatever. It, 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 there needs to be a peaceful place, 
a quiet place, a place where you can quiet your mind. Um, the uh, writer, Henri Nguyen, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, he often speaks of the monkeys that arrive when we, when we try to pray, when we're focusing ourselves on spiritual things. The monkeys are, are simply the, the thoughts that go flying around in your mind. You have to be prepared to deal with the monkeys. And maybe a little notepad on the side where you can jot things down that you, oh, I need to remember to do that, or oh, I had a call so-and-so, or oh, I, I, I really have this thought about that. Jot it down on the little notepad and then get your mind off the monkeys and back into a, a place of, of peace. And then as you're sitting there, part of the preparation is to examine your own heart. To, to really look to see if it's a repentant heart, to, de- to deal with any sin that's, that's cropping up in your mind. Ask the Lord to bring it to your mind. At least in my own experience, every time I ask that, yeah, here it comes, a clear accounting of that day or that week or that whatever uh, of things that I have done that, that broke God's uh, precious commandments. He says in as Psalm 66 verse 18, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. I, I, we can't go to the Lord with this devotional approach to his word without making certain that, that we have confessed uh, the sin that we know about in our lives. So that's the preparation. So Lexio uh, Divina then, then moves into really four uh, stages um, Actually, five, uh, I added a fifth one. So let's say five, five steps, five stages. And I, and I want to walk you through them and then give you a chance as a small group or, or, or by yourself to kind of practice. So what are those stages? Well, the first one comes from that word lexio. It simply means to read. Now, you say, well, that's fine, Sherry. I, I read God's word. No problem. Now, this is reading a little differently. Remember, we're not we're not uh, we're not going through the Bible at this time, you know, with a microscope. We're not going through comparing uh, translations. We're not going through looking for definitions of terms. We're not we're not looking for cultural clues or geographical settings. Um, what we're doing is trying to read it devotionally, from a standpoint of a personal application. So lexio simply means to read the passage. You want to read it slowly. You want to read it at least three times. And if it's a shorter passage, many more times than that. Perhaps you want to read it out loud. There is, a, there is an advantage to getting your heart engaged uh, by using not only your eyes, but, but your ears. So maybe you can have it read to you. Many of us have, have uh, apps on our, on our phones or on our iPads or, or wherever where um, the version of the Bible can be read to us. Maybe, maybe you read it in several different translations. Uh, maybe even bringing in, uh, uh, not a translation, but, but uh, a summary, um, an application like the, the message uh, or the New Living Translation. But you read the passage slowly over and over again. Lexio is really just the action of reading. But not only are your eyes working and hopefully your ears working, but your heart is engaged. You are listening with your heart. You are intentionally controlling any 
distractions. You are not in a hurry. This is not, I got to get through four chapters today or I'll never finish the Bible in a year. No, this is a metered, slow, uh, careful reading. What what you're trying to do is give your mind and heart a chance to to digest what you're reading. You might remember that what the mind repeats, it retains. So we're reading devotionally. We're reading slowly. We're, we're taking our time. We're listening with not, not just our eyes, but maybe our ears and certainly our hearts. So at the end of that portion of, of this exercise, you ought to be able to say, I hear it. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Lord. I've taken that verse, maybe a couple of verses, I've read them several different times, and I hear clearly what you're saying, which then allows you go to go to the next level, the next step. Uh, medita, I can't say it in Latin, how about that? It's the idea of meditation, that's step two. It's the idea of reflecting. When we meditate, we are we're chewing on something like a cow with their various stomachs. They they chew and and or, yeah, chew and swallow and then kind of bring it back up and chew it again and swallow and bring it back up. It's the idea that we mull over in our minds uh, what God's word uh, has said. We're we're ruminating on it, ruminating on it. The text is is to be received, not dissected. But we are thinking about it. We're, we're thinking it through. The concept of, of meditation is not a modern uh, invention. Even in the Old Testament, it's mentioned over 50 times. It is a slow and, and thoughtful and processed kind of interest in God's Word. When we meditate, we're, we're chewing on it. I want to walk you through some of the passages in the book of Psalms. So open your Bible to Psalm. We'll start with Psalm 16. I just want to show you how many different times meditation shows up just in the in the book of Psalms. So Psalm 16, verse number 7, he says this, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm taking that counsel to heart. And even at night, it, it's coming back up. It's being a part of me because I'm mulling over it. Look at chapter 48 in the book of Psalms, 48 and verse number 9. He says, within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Sometimes in church, we're just rolling from thing to thing to thing. We don't have a chance to, to stop, to, to ruminate. They're saying, hey, when they were in the temple, they took the time. When we're doing uh, Lectio Divina, we're taking the time. We're, we're slowing down. Whether we're at home or at, at church or wherever we are, we're, we're purposeful in our approach to Scripture. Look at chapter 64, Psalm 64. Psalm 64 and verse number 9. He says, All mankind will fear... They will proclaim the works of God. They ponder what he has done. All mankind ought to be doing this, regardless of your age, male or female, parenting, no parenting, kids, no kids, single, uh, widowed, 
um, on, on the elderly side. It doesn't matter. All people are pondering and meditating on God's word. Look at chapter 77, Psalm 77, verse 12. He says, I will meditate on all your works and I will consider all your mighty deeds. That takes time. Just to think about the, the things that God has done for, on your behalf in the last week will, will have you focused. And certainly in, as you're reading over a passage several different times and you're in the process then of, of reflecting, of meditating, those things are going to come to your mind. Look at Psalm 143 and verse number 5. 143 and verse number 5. He says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works, and I consider what your hands have done. Same idea, but, but, a, but a clear emphasis on all the things you've done. And then the one that I think is the most instructive in this, in this line of thought is found in Psalm 119. If you haven't studied Psalm 119 in a while, Take that on and, and watch and, and see all of the incredible blessings. But in Psalm 119 and verse number 18, he instructs us about something having to do with meditation. It's really his prayer to God as he engages in it. He says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes, let me see. So reflecting or meditating it's a chance for you to ask questions about what you just read. And the questions you're asking are not questions like, well, how, how many miles is it between Jericho and Jerusalem? No, you're asking questions like, what's being emphasized in this passage? And, and how do I feel about that? What is resonating in my heart from that reading? What aspect of my heart has been touched? How am I reacting to that? You see, this process... Of, of Lexio Divina is, is a process of connecting with your, with your heart, not your head necessarily. It is personal. It's not an academic reaction to what the Bible is saying. It's a personal one. And at the end of step number two, which is meditation, you ought to say, I see, I get it. So at the reading, you said, I hear it. At the, at the meditation level, you say, I get it. I see what's going on here. And that's time then for step number three, oratio. Oratio is just the Latin word for pray. It's time to, to stop the, the process in your mind and talk to God about what you're hearing, what you've been receiving from your teacher, his Holy Spirit. You, you ought to imagine that you're having a real conversation that's centered on what you just read. In Psalm 86, verse 11, he says, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. It is a conversation that you review with God what you just heard. You might say something like, Wow, that, that's, that's, uh, that's pressing, Lord. That's, that's pushing me around a little bit. I'm feeling, I'm feeling squeezed by that. That, that seems too hard for me to accomplish. Or, Lord, that's heavy. I, I don't know. Can I really do that? Can I stop that or start that? It's a time when you have a genuine, real conversation 
about what you spent all that time reading and meditating on. And when you do that, your response is, all right, I get it. Let's talk it through. So you said, I hear. Then you say, I see, I get it. And then you say in prayer, all right, let's talk it through. That will bring us to the fourth step in uh, Lexio Divina, and it's the process of contemplation. Now, this contemplation, although contemplation and meditation kind of sound similar, and in English they're pretty much synonyms, but in the context of what we're talking about, this is really different than meditation. One writer put it this way. He said, this is a wordless, quiet rest in the presence of God. You did all your talking in step number three. You took what you read and the things that you got out of your meditation and you took it to the Lord and you sat and discussed it. But now there's no more talking. Now you're allowing yourself to sit still and quiet. And you're sitting still and quiet in the presence of God. You're allowing yourself to be absorbed by the word. It is a time for you to have your eyes totally fixed on him. In the vernacular of our day, it's a time to chill and just be with him. You got to let the things that you, you read and the things that you got out of what you read and the, and the reflections you talked to the Lord about that came out of what you read, you got, you got to give it time to, to perk uh, percolate rather. You got to give it time to, to, to come to a boil. You got to give it time to, to sink in. And contemplation is that. It's that kind of time. And in, in that situation, it's you really saying, all right, Lord, I'm waiting on you. I'm just going to sit here and I am waiting on you. As I've tried to practice uh, Lexio Divina at various times in my life, I will tell you that is the hardest step for me, to just sit still and let it marinate. I, I'm, I'm looking to alliterate it. I'm looking to outline it. I'm looking to make my lists. I'm looking to have a, a, a sense of, of calendaring uh, what it is that I've heard. And that's not the plan. The, the, the monastic fathers that outlined this whole concept realized there needed to be a, a time out at the end of the, of the dialogue. When we finished actually talking to God in prayer, then it's time to just sit and to wait. Then the, the fifth part, and most writers only have four, and I added this fifth one. The fifth one is you got to get ready to respond. You, you can't just sit there and, and, and uh, provide no response to what it, whatever it is that you've learned or seen or reflected on in God's word. There has to be a, all right, now I am going to, and the two might be not an action. It might be a, a, an attitude. It's not, I got to get up and I got to go do. It could be, I got to get up and I got to be. But there, there needs to be a response. There needs to be a sense in which we, we recognize the need to practice in our regular everyday life, what we just got out of that incredible reading. In Philippians chapter 4, one of the things that I think is so interesting about that whole passage about anxiety and 
and, and the peace of God and what we're supposed to be thinking about. As he gets down in verse number f- uh, 9 of chapter 4, and he says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it in practice. Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. That's the response to Lexio Divina. What, whatever it is you've learned or seen, now you've got to put it into practice. And I put into your notes, you know, a few questions that you could ask yourself at this point. Question number one might be, well, what difference will this practice, will this passage make to me today? So, so where's an action item out of this? Not 12 of them, one of them. It's a small passage of scripture. It's not going to be 15 things. But what resonated in your heart? And, and as it resonated, what response did you have? And, and what is required of you now that you've had that response? What, what is in there that you should obey? If you got convicted out of that passage, what should you start or stop or change? Maybe there's something in that passage that you want to hide away in your heart. So what should I be memorizing? Or, or maybe it's what should I journal about? What shall I reflect on in writing so that I can remember it a year from now? But it's the, it's the activity, it's the practice of what we heard and what we saw through the reading, through the, the meditation part, through the time of prayer, through the time of sitting still. What, what did I get out of it? And now what do I need to do? This teaching is really one that needs to be practiced, not talked about. So I put in your notes um, about six, I think, uh, categories, samples, if you will, of verses uh, or sections of Scripture, not very long ones usually, but, but, but a section that you might use in your own personal life or in your small group to practice Lectio Divina. Uh, The first category was if you're feeling um, the need to understand the power that God's Word can have in our lives. I gave you two passages in Hebrews 4 and 2 Timothy chapter 3. If this is a time when comfort uh, is really needed in your life, I gave you a passage in Jeremiah and one in 2 Corinthians. If if you've been struggling with something that someone has done to you, you, there's a hurt and you're still struggling with it. I want you to maybe consider Genesis uh, 50 or the passage in, in Colossians chapter 3. May, maybe you've noticed through our, our time of, of uh, COVID-19 that you need to work a little on controlling your tongue. Well, then there's uh, Proverbs 10 and James 3 as suggestions. If you've noticed that, that you've got a lack of self-control and there's a little more anger in your life than you'd like, there's a, a, a single verse in Psalms and, and then a few verses in James that you might consider. And finally, if, if you're just feeling a little weak and some strength is needed in your life right now, there's two passages, one in Isaiah 40 and the other in Psalm 73. Here's the bottom line to this particular approach. We've been talking about the life we've always wanted. But the truth of the matter is, the life we've always wanted is going to take some work. We have to agree to some training. We have to practice and put into practice some purposeful activities. We have to engage in spiritual disciplines. 
and slowly God's word is accurate, that transformation will come. Well, there's some discussion questions on the end of the notes. I trust that this study today, Lexio uh, Divina, will be a blessing to you as you practice it. God bless you, and thanks for coming. It would have been no fun without you. <laughs>